Thanks for joining us at the Business Growth Cafe, where each week we select from a menu of topics for a focused discussion with an industry expert to provide insights that can impact your business's growth with your host, Angelo Ponzi. Hi, I'm Angelo Ponzi, your host here at the Business Growth Cafe, and thank you for stopping by this holiday season. We're only a few days away from the end of 2021 and the beginning of 2022. And I thought what better way to kind of celebrate and be grateful for what we have accomplished, both personally and from a business standpoint, and I'm listening to you and and what you've accomplished as well, is to have one of my favorite guests back, Leilani Quarry. Now, Leilani is the CEO of Be The Change HR, and we're going to talk about her business growth throughout the pandemic. Now, if you've listened to the show over these last four years now, Leilani has actually been a very frequent guest and has come on in many different capacities. And actually, last year at this time, we did a co-hosted show called Grateful. What are you grateful for? Now, Leilani, in the beginning of the pandemic, hopped in her car, her Mazda Miata, started traveling around the country from place to place, growing her business, running her business, but experiencing life like she really never had before. And so she's had an incredible journey. We've talked about this on actually earlier podcast in the fall, and now she's actually kind of settled down, put some roots in, have moved from California to now New York, and we'll talk about that as well. So I'm really excited to... to talk to her and to have you listen to her journey and what it's like to do something different with your life also and how do you grow a business how do you manage the challenges and there are challenges that she had throughout the pandemic and how she survived those who she turned to for help and things that you can learn from from this journey of hers so please join me on this journey with Leilani Kauri Leilani welcome back to the Business Growth Cafe. Thank you for having me for the fourth time. I, I think uh, it's fourth for sure. Maybe, <laughs> maybe even maybe fifth because you've because we've been on podcasts that we don't count as you and I, right? Because we've been That's on podcasts true. where we've had other people. I think Rich and JJ once we were all on a podcast together doing a mm-hmm. seminar. I guess we yep. recorded it and made it a podcast. But yeah, oh, maybe that was a seminar, not a podcast. But we certainly have been on plenty of these. And um, I'm excited. You, if My audience has been listening to the show and listening to your previous podcast. Uh, you have been on a journey, a long journey. Mm-hmm. Looks like you have maybe settled a bit. I, I'm While the audience can't see you, I can see you. You're you're looking lovely and you got a beautiful Thank Christmas you. tree behind you. And I know you're in New York and not California. Mm-hmm. So that why don't we correct. kind of catch them up and then, you know, let the new listeners find out a little bit about you and, and what that journey was like. Yeah. Um, so for those of you who can't see with the Christmas tree behind me, I'm very proud of this tree. Um, we decided to ditch the whole traditional buying uh, matching you know, um, Christmas decorations, and we decided to shoot the tree with a confetti cannon. So I know some of you are probably having anxiety right now. Why would you do that? The cleanup wasn't terrible, but also the cleanup is every single day because these little confetti pieces are flying all around the house. But it was a lot of fun to do and mix up sort of the traditional Christmas tree. And then also for me, um, finally landing in a place and having a different type of tradition with the Christmas tree now that I've moved from California 
to New York? And that the, the question is such a big question. Mm-hmm. And this, this podcast is so timely. Um, around this time last year, almost, almost to a T, I was, uh, I packed up all my stuff. I had sold um, most of what I owned. And so what I did pack up and put into storage fit in a five by five. Um, and I was prepping to figure out how to place all the things I needed into my car. And that car is a Mazda Miata. So if any of you have ever tried to sit in it, it barely fits two humans, let alone what one woman needs while on the road traveling around the country. And I did that from Christmas day last year until October of 2021, finishing a huge loop around the country, all the while running Be The Change HR. So it, it has been a huge journey uh, of where I, where I started, where I've been, where I'm at now. I, I, and I can't even like believe where I'm at now based on where I thought I was going when I started this whole thing out. Now you're a, a Southern California girl, right? You're born and raised yeah. here? Oh, it, it, even more than that. Um, born and raised in Chino, California, and did not leave my hometown till December 25th of last year. Uh, wow. So I, I'll, I'll age myself, but that's over 40 years of me being in that one spot. And I'm also like a huge adventurer. So any time that I had free time when I didn't have my son on weekends, I would be going ice climbing up in Mammoth or doing a, you know, turnaround road trip to area. I mean, just constantly all over the place, but so grounded because I had a kid and I had a kid young. Uh, and so the, the bigger picture as to why I made this decision is my kid graduated high school. He moved in with his dad. And I, for the first time had this freedom of like tapping into the adventurer that I am and making that leap during the pandemic from going to, from a person who was always visiting clients in person and driving all around California to try to make it from networking meeting to client meeting, you know, to all these things um, and saying, I'm going to make this remote thing happen in this perfect storm of a pandemic where everybody was changing and then make that be what it looks like whenever it ended, which again, that's a big question mark still. Um, and so all of that in a culmination led to, I mean, this is how I operate, like all or nothing, right? Just sell all your stuff and jump in a car and drive around the country. And, and that, that removed any ability, well, not any ability, but most of the ability to say, I don't want to do this. I'm going to go back home, right? That would have been at, at most a couple of days drive a plane flight, but I knew I'm, I'm going to set on this journey to, to, you know, to do this nomad CEO thing, to do this remote work thing, to do this second phase of my life thing. Um, and also to do a ton of personal growth and healing again, all while living, um, not, li- I shouldn't say living out of my Miata. Like I, I it's funny. My hey. son at one point was like, are you homeless? And I'm like, I'm not homeless. I've got money to stay in, you know, decent places, but truly everything I needed fit into that car. And the other thing I like to say is I, the front seat was all my adventure stuff. So again, if you imagine the tiny little trunk on this thing fit, I carry on a backpack of my personal belongings. And then I would stuff like stuff on top of that, um, including my laptop bag and my ring light. And then in my passenger seat was all my adventure stuff. So hiking boots, golf clubs, three different backpacks that kept everything I needed for hiking, rock climbing, 
and backpacking. There was a tent there. So there was all kinds of stuff in the front seat next to me. And then on top of that huge pile, I would put my cooler of what I needed while I was doing these long drives and um, my purse and snacks. So yeah, I was going to say your, your, your passenger or your, your person that rode the, or thing that rode the most with you in your front seat was your golf clubs. I remember that conversation and I just, <laughs> yeah. you know, imagining you with, with the top down on your Miata, right. Driving along and golf club sticking up. And uh, so it, it creates a, a picture in, in, you know, what you did, I, I, you know, is brave in a sense, because you, you left everything that was familiar and, you know, when you were talking about going to meetings, going to meetings, I literally, and, and I, and we know each other from business as well. And, and I pictured myself doing the same. We were like, scur- you know, scurrying mice. I would say rats, but mice going from meeting to meeting and doing the hustle and doing all this kind of stuff. And so what you did really was a, a shock, I think, to your system to not have to get up and do those kinds of things. And it, you know, having talked to you a few times throughout this year, I mean, I can see a, a physical and a mental transition to, you know, kind of more relaxed, more in control. Do you feel that way? Oh, totally. Um, this this year was also a lot of personal growth for me uh, and professional growth. So a piece of that was instilling a coach to help me with, and I'm kind of going to go in a, in a different direction right now, but um, instilling a coach to help me with managing running a company. Um, I admittedly would, you know, run myself into the ground, burn out in a pile of tears, at least every other week. Like how, like, how can I continue? Like, how am I going to do this? Um, you know, it's, what is the saying? How do you eat a horse one bite at a time? I would just the whole horse. I was trying to consume the whole <laughs> horse. And, and, and that's you know, like what we do as business owners, right? I've got, you know, 13 employees. I'm, I'm running this room. I'm trying to scale and grow it. At one point I was trying to save it from having to be one of those situations. Where I'm like, I don't know if we're going to keep the doors open. So knowing how I was operating with that, I wanted to have more balance. Um, and boundaries and those things in place. And I, I feel like as business owners, it almost seems impossible to do that. Like, how do you do all these things, keep your sanity, not work 12, 16 hours a day, not work weekends and still have that success. Mm-hmm. And so what you're seeing is that's part of it. I got a coach, Chris King. Hi, Chris, who helped me to where I'm at today. And that is, I work six hours a day, four days a week, Sometimes on Fridays, but they're light days. I will not take networking meetings. I call it no mascara Fridays. I don't, I'm not going to get ready and do, except for like one provisor meeting that I go to. I never work on the weekends and we're still growing and scaling this organization. It's still running beautifully. It just requires me to make better decisions on where I spend my time. I have to say a no to a lot of things, Mm -hmm. but what that also translates to is I'm healthier. I'm happier. I'm more balanced. And I can't remember the last time that I was in a puddle of tears about all the work I had to do that's gone now. So, um, much better. Yeah. And I love this because you know, we fall into traps. I, I'm, I, I have, I am in a trap as I find myself, it's, it's five days. Then it's now it's Saturdays. It's Saturday, sometimes a full day. And I get a half a day mm-hmm. on Sunday and then Mondays feel like, you know, what just happened? I don't feel like I've had any time off. 
And, and so I find myself personally staying up late to get my kind of alone time and to decompress and that, then I'm tired in the morning. And so I, I really uh, commend you. It, and I've done this before where I used to, every Friday was a free day. And then, you know, Friday mornings were work and then the afternoons were free days. And, you know, and then it kind of, the creep happened and, 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 but when you said something I think is really important and it's, and it's, it's a valuable tool for the listeners, for all of us is no, mm -hmm. I can't do it. I don't have time. I, you know, I can do it now. I mean, I, I just got a, a couple leads and, and they asked me to bid on some projects that's okay. Fine. You know, I'll get, I'll get to it. Next thing I'm getting phone calls. It's like, where is it? You know, we're, 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 we're leaving on December 24th and I need all this stuff to you before I go. And it's like, well, we never had that conversation. Now I'm scrambling. I and mean, I was up to 11 o'clock last night doing stuff. Right. And I probably should have just said, yeah, I'll have it for you in January. Mm -hmm. But I didn't. So therefore stress <laughs> that I didn't need. It's so hard. <laughs> it's so, and sometimes, I mean, with the business, you know, we, we do HR consulting. We also have this job readiness piece. So I, I have just such a big heart when people ask for help. Mm -hmm. And it's been, it's been also a lesson in, I have two calendars. Now everybody's going to know my secret, but I have two calendars. There's my, you can book me calendar and there's my actual calendar. And so I have to differentiate, like, is this something that can wait? Because I, I feel guilty too, because on my, my, you can book me calendar. People will say, well, you're not free until mid January. That's what they're saying right now. And I'm like, Ooh. inside, I'm like, Ugh. like I feel badly, but at the same time, if I say yes to them now, then I'm filling my time during these, you know, these most recent weeks. And then I'm pushing my schedule and working over those six hours. And then I'm not keeping the commitment to myself, to my own balance, to my health. And so um, that's the, for me, that's the hardest part saying no and then feeling like the guilt, but then also having to understand, like, if I say yes, then what happens? Right. Then I don't have time for my team and the critical things that they need. And then they feel left out and they're the most important in this business. Then I don't have time for myself then I don't have time for sales call. We need money coming in the door and I need that availability to be, you know, brand new, brand new potential client. Can you meet tomorrow at noon? Yeah. Cause I, I have these little slots free in order to do that versus saying yes all the time. So it's just so it's boundaries is such a big thing. And I teach this to my team, you know, instead of sort of, and I'm going to use some strong language, bowing to someone else, even if they're a client, really setting the stage and setting the expectation that you aren't available 24 seven, you're not going to pick up phone calls at night unless something is absolutely an emergency. But in those cases, just call 911. Um, and, and, and then, and then giving, telling somebody when you're going to meet with them and when you're free. And I know that's even hard for my staff to do. I'm like, no, you tell them these are the dates you're available next week. These are the dates you can come in person because if you, you ask, you're going to get an answer mm -hmm. and then you have to mold to that. And so that's, that's also another art that I've, I've learned and I'm trying to instill in, in my team. Well, I think that's, that's, that's also really important is that, so I have a, these networking partners and people that I do business with and they'll, you know, I'll get a phone call and say, the client wants to. And they said, well, that time is booked. Yeah. But the client wants to said, so, well, tell them we can't. 
it's okay because if if we call them and they were busy, they would tell us the same. They understand that, you know, we're not sitting on speed dial waiting for them to make a phone call. And that's expectations and setting those expectations so you don't fall into those traps. But but where I'm I'm hearing from you, and if and if you give me the answer I think you're going to give me, it's going to be a woohoo. Right. You have really kind of achieved a work-life balance, which we all strive to to achieve. I mean, I've done I've done several podcasts on this, and it's that elusive brass ring. Do you feel like you're there, or you just Ooh. almost got it in your hands? I I have a bit of FOMO in some ways because I I keep this schedule, and and listen, I'm not perfect. So every once in a while, like my partner's doing work and it's eight o'clock at night and my laptop somehow ends up in my lap. And I'm instead of online shopping or whatever, I should be looking <laughs> at Facebook. I'm all of a sudden, you know, it happens, but it's, I'm not perfect, of course. Um, and then the other pieces, I ask myself this question, would I be further along if I adhered to the, you know, work your butt off and you'll get there faster. Um, and, and then quickly that's quelled by no, not at, not at the, um, risk of my own health, mm-hmm. not at the risk of scaling because I'm, I'm, I'm learning this as I, I grow in my own business, scaling too fast, that yep. can be death to us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to be able to mindfully recruit for the right people for this team, to take our time with that, to watch this incremental growth where all of a sudden I'm not taxing the team. We're getting straight. I mean, so um, yes, it's just the, the, you know, the, the, the self doubt, I think that we all have in the different areas that we think, Oh, maybe I could do better at this. Maybe I should spend more time on that, but we can't do everything. So I, um, I am, I'm very proud of where I've gotten to in my work schedule and how I execute. And I'm always finding a way to fine tune and and revisit how I can be even better. Well, you know, part of your business, of course, and allowing you to do what you're doing is your people Mm -hmm. and, and doing what you're doing and and now living on the East coast and then certainly traveling for a year. I mean, the, the culture that you created, requires, a, I'm going to say, a special person that someone that can, can fit into that and not have to be, uh, you know, m- uh, managed constantly, you know, they, they have to be self-motivated and all those things. Does that put a kind of a strain on you finding those people? Because we know that there's a lot of people that are quitting their jobs, you know, not looking for jobs. And, and, and so that process you go through as an HR person and, and talent acquisition and finding the right people how has that been for you in this in this new journey? Our recruiting cycle is about six months long. And so we step into this with the understanding and expectation that we're not hiring in six weeks to two months. So we are always sourcing and we're always keeping, even at this small company, we're always making sure that that talent pipeline is full with the understanding of how long we take to make a decision. So we, we have the right person. Um, I, I got a little, I feel a little snarky about where the current um, job, like uh, our, the condition of our job market is right now, mm-hmm. because I, I do hear, I will hear people that oh, it's so hard to find people or I'm losing all my people. So this snarkiness comes in. I'm like, well, what are you doing wrong? 
you know, (laughs) because anyone can tell you whether the job market, it's full of candidates or it is a very tight job market. It is still hard to find good people. I don't care what it looks like. It's still hard to find great people, Um, but it is easier when you have a great culture and you are able to provide a person an environment that will help them grow and be healthy for them. And then the other part is, and a little nod to um, your profession, what do you look like publicly? If I were to go look at you, and this is something, some homework some of you can do. If I were going to go research you online, what do I see? How do you look and feel to me? Would I want to work for you? Do you have bad reviews on whether it's the regular platforms or Glassdoor? Do you have any reviews on Glassdoor? So because people are smart and they'll look this stuff up. And so um, in in this current market, I think people are thriving that have, have done the hard work of being a good leader, always working on that, you know, fostering a good culture. And so now when you're going to market, when it's difficult like this, it's not as hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to kind of have that hard of a push to find that talent because you've already done the hard work. But then it also is an indicator to those who are saying those types of things, those indicates so hard to find good people. I can't find anyone. We're losing a lot of people. It's like, you got to look at your own organization, figure out, well, why is that? It's not the outward market. It is, I would venture to, again, we, I'm trying not to be too smart and snarky about it, well, but it's probably you, you know, it's hard. Well, that's a great point. I mean, people want to blame somebody else, right? For things yeah. not working out. When you think about the transition that you've gone through and, and you've mentioned it, so I'm going to bring it up that, you know, you had a point in time last year where you're like, okay, we're going to keep the doors open. It was that COVID related or just, you know, what, and I've been there before, trust me, but what is, what, what, what do you think it was and what did you do as a business owner to mitigate that? Yeah. Turn things around. Um, one is the personal doubt that the decision I had made to go run around the country, literally drive around the country might've affected me. I, I, I wondered if, um, that had a piece to do with it. But the other two are sort of the business lessons that you hear about and then you don't listen. Okay, I'm talking about myself. The business lessons that I heard about and I didn't listen to. And so it wasn't necessarily COVID. It was number one, putting all your your revenue eggs in, a, in one basket. I guess that's yep, the way to that say it. Perfect analogy. Right. So when your top two clients leave, and they generate 30% of the revenue for the organization, it hurts. Mm -hmm. And losing those two, one because of an acquisition, the other one because we fired them for, I'll just say bad behavior. Um, All of a sudden, we're not making enough revenue to operate. Uh, and, and so through that, it was, and then the other part of that, it was, okay. So on one side, the revenue in these baskets, the big ones left, whoops, now we don't have that money coming in on the other side. It is learning as a business owner and a CEO, what you're spending your money on. And, and if you truly should be spending it on that. And so I, I think a lot of times as business owners, we get caught in these, these thoughts of I should do this and I should do that. But I realized in this process of not having enough money and spending money, that's a bad combination right there. Um, 
things that we were doing and spending hundreds, if not, well, let's be honest, thousands of dollars wasn't helping us with what we needed in order to stay afloat, stay alive. And in fact, was I call a vanity thing. And so I'll give one example. Um, we launched a podcast because everybody else is doing it, right? And right. why don't we, you know, and it's going to be easy. And I'm sure you're laughing inside. If not, like, it's I, not I'm, easy. I'm, my tears are actually rolling down the side of my face right about now. <laughs> it's not easy. And, <laughs> no, but how much money we spent on that as a team and, 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 and all the administration behind it, it was so hard. And to realize, we were doing it because we thought it looked good and it would be fun to have. And when you're in a critical situation like that, that stuff has to go and have to go fast. Mm -hmm. And it was hard to pull that from the team knowing that they liked it so much, but at the same time communicating, we're in a critical point. So anything that we don't need had to go. And so we, we pulled down a little bit on our social media posts that were really just inspirational quotes. It's fantastic to have. It feels good to have out there, but at the same time, there was no goal to have it work as some t- something like a funnel for a newsletter. And so um, it was a hard lesson in that piece of where, where we, we were spending our money and, and having to, to stop that in order to recoup and, and get our stuff together. And I'll give a fourth. Um, and that is um, really taking a look at what's profitable, how it's profitable, and if we c- should continue. At the time, we used to take on retainer clients with um, a s- small amount, like s- tiny, tiny retainer clients. And so our fractional CFO came back and said, she said it so bluntly, it was beautiful. Do you want to spend all this time? So like five hours of getting the sale and the administrative time to make an extra $70 per client. And I'm like, no, you know, that sounds like that's, wit- you know, and I was like, well, I want to help the smaller businesses. She goes, you don't have the luxury to do that right now. And I was like, well, we need to change that too. So we ended up changing our um, packages on what we offer. Yeah. Well, those Lots are hard them. decisions to, to turn stuff away or recognize that not all, not all business is good business. And yeah. that, that becomes something we all struggle with, especially, you know, you know, what do we sell? I mean, ultimately we, we have a service, but it's time. Right. That's our commodity. And, and you can't get it back, whether you spend it or not, it just goes away. And so we have to be careful of how we do that. And to your point, you've reduced the amount of time that you allow to do your function and you found a nice cadence to that. In my case, mm-hmm. I started increasing my time, but but I have now I have more people working for me, which means I'm taking on more work and spreading that out. So I'm, I'm back to that now. You know, I get questions sometimes. Why am I golfing on a Wednesday afternoon? Why? Because <laughs> I'm going to work on Saturday. So who cares? Right. 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 Uh, so there, there is that balance. And, and, and to your point, you, sometimes you have to step back and take a look. I mean, I have a lot of tools and things that I buy and I'm always getting ready to buy the next one. And I had to stop myself. Do I really need that? Or is there another way to do it? And just double check. And, and so really, I talk about keeping your finger on the pulse of the market and what's going on. And it's more important to keep finger on the pulse of your business and really look at it and dissect it and understand to your comment, where do you get the value? What's driving the revenue? What's the profitability? So your journey, mm. do you have any regrets? What do you regret? Any regrets about anywhere along the way? Something you wish you did, didn't do? Um, yeah, but they're, they're like, so I am, I'm a mountaineer, I'm an ice climber, rock climber. Um, 
and <laughs> this might sound funny, but I didn't want to do it at the time because it was so crowded, but I'm devil's tower. Mm-hmm. I opted, I was going to climb it and I opted out of climbing devil's tower in Wyoming. And, um, I wish I would have done that. Um, and then, th- I mean, the only other thing is regrettably on this. So on this journey, I'm traveling around the country. I also had decided that I was going to train for an Ironman and regrettably broke my foot uh, halfway through my training in September. And so that, you know, was kind of sad. Um, and, but other, besides that, any regrets about <sighs> none at all? It, 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 it was truly an amazing journey, a time for me to be by myself to reflect to um, figure out how I was going to sort of live this new phase of my life how I was going to run this business um, and and then what I what I was going to do next because I, I you know I had I had no idea I had I was talking to my uh, partner last night about it we were talking about how we had no idea that this was going to have us was going to happen and I was just shaking my head and like laughing. I was like, I had no idea when I hopped into that car that by this time, you know, next year, I would be with my person living in New York, which I moved in winter. Who? What Southern California gal does that? I did. Yeah, um, nobody. So, <laughs> We're right? all running. I'm from New York. We all ran because <laughs> of the winter. <laughs> um, and so it, it everything turns out beautifully. But I do, to be honest, I do have a like a life philosophy of everything happens for a reason. And um, even if it's tough, it's meant to push you towards, you know, better days and every day is a good day if you're above ground. So um, yeah, I'm just super grateful. Yeah. Somebody asked me the other day, how's your day going? I said, well, I woke up. It's going (laughs) good. (laughs) Right. Right. So, so your business is back on track. You have multiple people, clients all around the country. You're you're living in New York, working yeah. really remotely. I, I, you know, what's really funny? Somebody asked me the other day, and I sat down and I realized I only have one client. I have five clients now, six clients, only one in California. So they're all over. So I, I have one in Boston and North Carolina. Um, I think I'm going to get one in Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada. Awesome. And it, it just kind of all last year just kind of morphed and in, in where everybody is at. So it, when you're thinking about your business and, and growth and, and kind of the maturity of fractionals, really what we do, contract mm-hmm. fractional work, what do you see your challenges in 2022, which is what, seven, eight, nine days away? Right. <laughs> Have you been planning? Have um, you been working on your business, not just in it and doing your plans? Yes, I, um, I do both. Uh, in, in fact, um, I do a lot of time blocking in my calendar because I do have these short days. And so I make sure there's strategy that's in there. Um, so we do have plans to continue to scale next year. And, and then my role as the business gets bigger and bigger changes, right? And so um, as I'm working with a business coach and I'll continue to do that. So that will, that adventure of what does my role look like next is happening. So, and to, to, for everyone out there, this is my first time doing this. That's successful. I did start other businesses. They only lasted six months. So this is my successful one. I'm in my fifth year. And this is the first time that I'm stepping truly out of an HR, HR practitioner. And I've stepped into 
um, you know, entrepreneur, business owner, and fledgling CEO role. So I'm, I'm learning all of this. I find it extremely fun and I really, really love it. So that's the goal for next year. Um, scale a business even more. And for me to figure out what's next in the roles that I fill and how I operate and who I am next. I'm not going to stay in the same role. I want to continue to grow. Um, and then the other part, which is near and dear to this business's heart is how do we better have metrics behind the social impact piece? We do free job readiness courses and classes to numerous nonprofits across the U.S. that help women who've been rescued from trafficking, who help BIPOC homeless men, who are we're just team with Veterans Legal Institute, so veterans in transition. But I also want to have more business metrics behind how do we measure this so we can report it um, not only internally, also certify B Corp, but also publicly. How do we share that? That either it's a ratio of what we do, is it a dollar amount? So I'm I'm trying to hone in on that because there's not a lot of books or info on that piece of having a social impact model for a business. And I really want to kind of dial that in so I can say we do X of X, you know, and, and then it's it's a formula like Tom's shoes is so easy. For every pair of shoes we give, right. we, you buy, we give one away. We don't have that yet. And I really want to be able to have that so I can have it be more of our message. What percentage of your time and your team's time do you think you give to that side of the business? Um, we track everything on an app called Toggle. It's also the way that everyone gets paid. It's also the way that we communicate with clients. I absolutely love it. And I'm not exempt from that. I track everything I do. So 5% of my time goes to volunteer work and philanthropy in, in many shapes and forms, um, whether it's um, me speaking or actually holding the classes or the coaching. It, 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 but then again, everyone on my team does that. It's not just me. The whole team uh, participates in this. Well, I, I, I agree with trying to find some kind of metrics. There's always some way to measure. Mm -hmm. I hear that all the time. Well, if I do the social media campaign, how do I measure it? You know, do, do a look at likes, engagements, but there's ways to set up benchmarks and you can make that decision on what they are and then mm -hmm. stick to them. You can always modify them, right? And so I, I have a, a client uh, in Arizona and when I started to work with them, they said, look, we did, we did digital marketing before, we got burned, it never worked, and yada, yada, yada. You know, what's your guarantee? And we literally debated for weeks on this thing. And finally, I, I guess gave up and I said, look, here's my guarantee. If you don't hire me or hire somebody else, I guarantee nobody will go to your website. Nobody will know who you are. So that's the only guarantee I can give you. And he, he chuckled, said he got it. And so we're just, uh, we just, we're almost completed with our second month. And I had to determine and lay a foundation of what could I measure because I can't guarantee anything. So I have to show change and show different pieces. And so it took a little while. I think we've got a good report that we can now measure and something that's trackable. And is there a value on it? I don't know. You know, if I can increase the number of followers, is there a value? Can I increase the number of people reading the blogs? Is there a, is there a value to that? You know, prior to me doing it, there was zero. So now we, you know, we're getting traction. And so that's whatever that value happens to be. So, you know, setting your metrics in that, I think is really important. I think you're creating a, a story for you and for your team yep. that should give you things to go out and do speaking on and, you know, articles and all sorts of stuff that, you know, obviously, you know, so 
yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, that's really fantastic. So um, let's talk about your climbing and your sports. I mean, have you, <laughs> yeah. now is your, is your foot healed? Have you, you're back out in the mountain? And Yeah. Yeah. I'm, my foot is healed. Um, I am, I deferred to Ironman Coeur d'Alene. So as life has it, it always works out better. I was supposed to do the Ironman in Indian Wells in California in December uh, this month. And now I'm doing Coeur d'Alene and my last living grandparent lives right near there. So I'll be able to go visit her and oh, nice. run the race and see family. Um, and then with the climbing, even though I make a joke about a California gal moving to New York in the winter, this also means that ice climbing for me now is only an hour away in the Catskills. I started making some friends. I, Facebook groups, I, I feel like has made like a comeback. So I am looking forward to um, making friends and ice climbing. Um, one of my Christmas presents was a, a pair of ice climbing tools. You can uh -huh. Google them. They're called Petzl Quarks. These things are so expensive. <laughs> These are more than I would spend on shoes. So a pair of ice climbing tools are $600. It's crazy. Um, but I'm looking forward to doing a ton of that in the winter, snowshoeing, um, snow climbing, all of that, and honing my cold weather mountaineering skills. Well, it sounds like fun. I mean, you're in a great area for all of that stuff. And uh, yeah, I never would have thought that those uh, shoes would be that expensive. I think about They're, skiing and stuff that, you know, it's an expensive yeah. sport. And no, this is a, a, it's an ice axe. Um, that's the best way I can describe it. it ice tools are what you swing oh, yeah, okay. into the ice with your arms. And, and then you are correct. The, the, the feet I call their crampons. I call them Wolverine feet because that's what they look like. <laughs> um, those are also equally expensive. And so it just, this mountaineering thing, it, you know, <laughs> it's expensive because everything seems to cost 200 a piece and you need two of everything. So, um, but I'm, I'm, again, I'm excited to, to get out there to explore and to be, become a better mountaineer. When you're coming back to California, you know, if, if people have listened to us talk before, we, we kind of have this little gauntlet or throwing the glove down about being on the golf course together. And yes. uh, you, you're telling all of us how you're going to kick our asses. But, you know, we're waiting for that to come back out. Yeah. So we've been practicing. We're all practicing. Matter of fact, I had uh, client meetings this morning, so I had to pass on golf while the other folks are out there practicing today. Um, so when are you coming back? When are we going to get on the golf course together? Uh, I'll be back in California every other month. We have a large group of clients out there and I've got people and my son is out there. So I will say sometime February or March, it's, uh, I haven't golfed at all. So what I'm going to say is I won't practice. Oh, what a, what a flex. I won't practice at all. And then I will just show up. And I know what happens is when you don't play for a while and then you play, you play excellent. So I'm just going to keep that. Um, and then that way, it, two things. If I don't do well, I have an excuse. If I do do well, I can talk a lot of smack. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, Lani, this has been great. I love catching up. I, I do want to ask you a, a question and we, we did it last year. And we did a podcast called, what are you grateful for? So I'll ask you, what are you grateful for? I, you know, um, I have, I have such a personal story like many of us do. And I am forever grateful for the opportunities that are given to me um, through 
my own hard work and the surrounding community, I know a lot of us can um, really look around to our personal networks and our professional networks and know that that is the reason why we are successful today because people like you and me are constantly supporting each other and lifting each other up. And so if it, if it weren't for that, this business wouldn't be where it's at today, especially in the times where I'm like reaching out for help when things aren't going well. And I'm like, please, you know, help me with these higher, higher level strategies that I don't understand. And so um, I'm just forever grateful for that because that provides me the ability to be where I'm at today to work the shorter days to really have this balanced life um, through, through, through the wonderful people around me and through the hard work that we all go through in building our businesses to get to the point where we can kind of be like, okay, I'm, I've sort of arrived. I'm still working on stuff and, and, and life is good. Well, it is a journey for sure. And you've been yeah. on one and you'll continue to be on one. And I'm grateful for your time today uh, to be on the podcast. Uh, I always love having you on. I love the conversation and um, I'm sure this won't be the last time. And we'll recycle. Maybe we'll do a podcast on the golf course. There you go. We should. That's going <laughs> to happen. Could be, that totally. could be really interesting. Well, listen, I want to thank you for being on the Business Growth Cafe today and, and for being a great partner and friend. And I do appreciate the, the time you spent with me here today. Now, why don't you tell the audience about how they can reach you and learn about your HR services or if they yeah. want to learn about rock climbing, maybe they could call you too. <laughs> Totally. So you can find us on any of the social media platforms at Be The Change HR. And you are always welcome to reach out to me. My email is Leilani, L-E-I-L-A-N-I at Be The Change HR.org. Okay. And the website is? Be The Change HR.org. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, again, thank you so much. Have a yeah. happy holiday. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, happy new year. And I do love your tree. I, I didn't realize that's what you guys did. That was really cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, it looks great. Uh, it really does. It looks really fun. And I'm glad I'm not cleaning up the floors. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Right. Angela, thank you for having me. I, I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Take care. Well, Lonnie, I want to thank you for joining me here at the Business Growth Cafe. Once again, your journey uh, over the last year or so has been incredible. I've loved listening to your story and your journey, and I hope the listeners out there can take some of this to heart. There are lessons in this conversation today that you can apply to your own business, to your own personal life, and I want to say thank you. Thank you once again for joining me here at the Business Growth Cafe as we are into our fourth year, as I've mentioned, but more importantly, we're heading into actually a new year, 2022. Who would have thought? Who would have thought we'd be here today? I remember years and years and years ago when I was like in eighth grade or something like that. And a lot of my friends, we were sitting in a backyard and looking up at the sky and saying, I wonder what it will be like in 50 years, 40 years. And nobody would have guessed this for sure. There's just no way we would have ever guessed this. But perseverance, persistence has helped all of us get through these troubling times, and we'll continue to do so. We can't look back unless we plan on going there. And we're here today and taking one step into the future and into 2022 and beyond. And I hopefully you'll continue to join me here as we take that journey together and hopefully presenting you guests and topics and ideas that you will find beneficial for your business and for your personal life. 
Happy New Year, and we'll see you in 2022. At Kraft, our team of marketers provide consulting, interim, fractional, and leadership services focusing on the strategic and analytical side of marketing, and we take a holistic view to drive business growth. We are marketing architects. We use research to gather the necessary insights from your customers, prospects, competition, and the market to develop fact-based approaches to building effective and efficient growth plans. We call them marketing blueprints. Companies work with us when they need to launch, scale, or even pivot their business. By understanding how your company is positioned and perceived in the marketplace, we can help craft your messaging to be more relevant to your customers based on their needs, wants, motivations, and behaviors to ensure your marketing investment is optimized. After all, you wouldn't build a house without a blueprint, so why are you building your business without one? To learn more, visit craftmarketingarchitects.com. Thank you for listening to today's discussion at the Business Growth Cafe with your host, Angelo Ponzi. Take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and visit our website at www.businessgrowthcafe.com. Read Angelo Ponzi's blogs at www.theponzigroup.com.